0: Welcome back to Haftorah, the Shear series which explores the connections between the Parsha Shavua, or the weekly Torah portion, and its corresponding Haftorah, or the Navi portion that's read with it on Shabbos. Here at the Database of the Eisenberg Eisenberg, this week's Parsha is parshas Lecha, and the Haftorah once again is taken from Sefer Yeshayahu, or Yeshayahu. and where specifically in Yeshayahu can the Haftorah be found, I'll let you know in just one moment, but I want to first thank our sponsor, Jonathan Folk, Lily Nishmas' grandmother, whose name is Esther El Yakova Yaakov HaKohen, Herna Shama should have an Aliyah. And if you, like Jonathan, want to partner with us here at the Database with a sponsorship, or if you have questions, comments, concerns, or recommendations, or you want to join the Database Podcast WhatsApp group for frequent updates and links for every uploaded share, then all you have to do is reach out to me at thedatabase@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's the data base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com. Now, as we return to the Haftarah for Lachachah, which I mentioned is from Ishayahu, specifically you'll find it in Parak Mem Pasach Zion, that's 4027, and it goes all the way to Mem Aleph Tes Zion, 4116. Once again 4027 to 4116. And as always we try to figure out what the haftarah is about and more specifically what the haftarah tells us about the parsha. What does the haftarah zero in on and what are we supposed to notice? And one thing that I'll also mention is that we have to by the end of a shear like this be very convinced and very happy with the connection because when it comes to a haftarah we don't want to just see a shout out to a single idea we want to be convinced that from this haftarah you can really see the parsha in its essence and as we argued last week when it came to parsha noach just because you have a shout out to the character or to the main character that that should not be enough yes parsha noach's haftarah from Yishayahu as well gave a shout out to Noach, who referenced him in at least two different psukim, and we argue that maybe you can, you can suggest a stronger connection from a different Haftarah. And if that's true, so why do we select this one? So I want to make the same arguments here for Parshas Lechacha, that at first glance we have what looks like a shout-out to the protagonist of our Parsha, and we're going to hopefully glean something more and try to take the connections uh, between the Parsha and Haftarah and strengthen them just a little bit. And I say that because specifically when it comes to the Haftarah for Lechacha, you could imagine that choosing the Haftarah would not be an easy task. Being that Lechacha's main character is Avram Avinu, who is not just the forefather and foundation of HaMisrael, but he is the foundation of our relationship with Hashem. And that being the case, he is reasonably referenced and mentioned many times over in Tanakh after his passing, certainly in Navi. And if that's true, perhaps we can argue that a great passage to read for Lech Lech would be taken from Sefer Yehoshua, if you look at Chav Daled, there we have the description of Avram's origin, where it's elaborated on. We actually read this in the Haggadah, how Hashem led him from the home of Terach, who am um, at the other side of the Euphrates River, all the way to Eretz Canaan. And that would be a more elaborate version of the beginning of Lechacha, which would certainly bring out the Parsha. If you were trying to find the Parsha in Navi, you could argue that it's there. Maybe we can go with another interesting passage from Yirmiyahu. If you look at Parak Lamed 34 in Yirmiyahu, there it describes a covenant in which pieces of a calf were cut down the middle so that people would walk in between them, a covenant which clearly resembles the brisbane of Asarim, which Hashem and Avram had forged together also in our Parsha. Now, as it happens, this particular passage, a little bit of a spoiler, um, is really part of the Haftarah for Parsha's Mishpatim, but that Haftar is actually very rarely read. It's one of the least common read haftaros. It's only read on certain leap years when a Shkodesh Adar doesn't fall out on or directly after that Shabbos. So it certainly wouldn't be overkill to read that piece of Navi again. But in fact, once again, the Haftar ultimately comes from perhaps the most frequented book of haftaros, Sefer Yishayob. And without doubt, as Haftar, the central verse, for lechcha's purpose, is the one that reads as follows. It can be found in 418. 8, that's mem aleph ches, and the Pasik says, V'ata Yisrael avdi, Yaakov asher becharticha, Zerah Avraham ohavi, and you, Yisrael, my servant, Yaakov whom I have chosen, the seed of Avraham my beloved. Yup, that's the line. Hashem addresses the B'nai Israel with a couple of appellations, and the final one is that they are the seed of Avraham. And that's really your Haftarah. And it works. You're not satisfied. So yes, there obviously has to be more than that. The Haftarah clearly references Avraham Ohavi, Avraham my beloved. But it seems to just be that shout out, that passing reference. And the fact that we are the seed of Avraham is obviously not a small matter. We understand how important that fact is. And we referenced that at the beginning of this whole conversation, But what does this single reference point in this Haftarah give to that fact? What is the Haftarah trying to tell us about this fact, that we are Avram's progeny? And what does that tell us about Lechacha, about Avram Avinu? Since we're on the very central topic of Avram Avinu, there is a larger question that begs itself, and perhaps this question can be the ticket towards our better understanding of the Haftarah. And that question simply is, why Avram? Why was Avram chosen to be the forebearer of Am Yisrael? And this is really a question that we've addressed back in Parsha Panorama, and you can go back to the archives to hear more about that, but we'll talk a little bit about it now. And the question really begins from the point that, yes, Avram is the forefather and foundation of it all, but the Torah never actually tells us really why that is. The Torah provides little to no introduction for Avram. We hear a little bit about his family life at the end of, of Parsha's Noah. And you can compare that to Noah, whom the Torah ceremoniously introduces to us as the Holy Righteous One of his generation. Now, there are Midrashim, which provide backstories for Abraham's discovery of Hashem and his self-sacrifice for Hashem, uh, the, the, the most famous one of which is about how he was thrown into a fiery furnace, all because of his belief in Hashem. And none of these powerful introductions make their way into the text of the Torah. The faithful story of Hashem's nation oddly just begins with Vayomer Hashem El Avram, right? His name was Avram at the time. Lech me'artzicha. He said, go for yourself from your land. Now bear in mind, Avram was not the first righteous monotheist. He's credited as being the first one to discover Hashem on his own. But before him, there were other individuals who knew God. Obviously, Adam Elisha, who spoke and communicated with him, and even Noach, had righteous monotheist progeny in his child's shame, and a great-grandson Aver, both of whom teaches owned their, their own yeshivos. So what made Avram different from all of his predecessors? And perhaps we can suggest that our haftarah provides an answer to that question. Although Avram's name makes but one appearance, if we give the Haftar a closer look, it actually has more to do with Avram than we might have realized at first glance. The Navi begins by addressing an apparent challenge to God posed by the Bene Israel, suggesting that God does not see the happenings of man. This is in the very first pasuk, that's what the Navi suggests um, through the through, through quoting Klal Yisrael that you, the Hashem you don't see what's going on. And in response, the Navi argues that even without being taught that there is a Hashem who created the universe and is the constant provider of all human vitality. No, Sain Laoyev Koach, Onim Should you not have known, even if you had not heard, God of the world, Hashem, who created the edges of the earth? So I'm just skipping a little bit. Who gives strength to the weary and to those whom there is no vitality? He will multiply. So again, the challenge is God doesn't see or care about what's happening, but the response is, even if you had not been told, you should have still figured out that there is a God who is concerned and constantly involved with every aspect of creation. And that is the end of the dialogue, and from there, the Navi continues his speech. But if we have our Parsha glasses on, what or whom does this dialogue remind us of? At first glance, this could be referencing any religious monotheist, Right. But who was the forerunner of religious monotheism, if not for Avraham? And yes, we argued that there were other religious individuals out there before him, like Shem and Aver. Moreover, Avraham was not the first educator of monotheism, as apparently Shem and Aver had a yeshiva. But notice the argument made by the Novi. He doesn't just retort that, of course, God is watching, but that you should have figured it out on your own. Without ever having been taught, without a tradition, without a Masora, you should realize God's involvement in the world. That is what made Avraham Avinu into Avraham Avinu. The Midrash likens Avraham to a traveler who came across a palace with the lights on and who reasoned that it is not possible for there to not be someone home in the house. If there is a lit bias, there must be a Baal bias There must be an owner of the house. And upon reaching that conclusion, the owner peeks out from the window and says, Indeed, I am the owner. I'm here. That was Avraham's relationship with Hashem. There was a yeshiva available, but Avraham was apparently nowhere near that yeshiva when on his own he figured out that there must be a God. And how does one do that? The Navi says we could all have done it. In fact, it's for this reason that Rav Ochanan Wasserman says that even if one was isolated from society, from his youth, and was taught literally nothing about religion, he should still be able to come to the conclusion that there is a God, and he would still be accountable for his obligation to at least believe in Hashem. That's pretty incredible. Now, what if the surrounding society denies the existence of such a God, and espouses things like paganism? What if the pervading tradition is one that fundamentally does war on the concept of such a God, as was the case during the Dorah Laga? the generation of the dispersion. Avram realized that the existence of a functioning world could not only mean the existence of God, but it must also mean the existence of a higher moral code, a will of that God. Avram did not merely conform with the crowd, but thought outside himself to consider what his existential responsibilities are. That is evident in the fact that Avram did not only discover Hashem, but he equally understood that he had to actively reach out to others to do chesed and to share Hashem's existence with the world, with that backdrop in mind, we can approach the haftara, because the parallels to Avram only continue from there. In that aforementioned dialogue, the Navi said that "u'le'in onim atzma and to those with whom there was no vitality, he will multiply. Indeed, the word "onim" (vitality) is used often in reference to progeny. We find it by by the Berachah Yaakov when Yaakov refers to Ruven as "rachis oni." Right, we have Benoni in reference to, and to to, to Binyamin, and indeed Hashem gave Avraham and Sarah the vigor, the vitality, to bear seed in their old age, and He multiplied them. And then the Navi addresses the islands of all things and asks, Me, heir mi tzedek raglo yitin of goyim umalachim <laughs> yard of Kafar, Charbo Kakash, Nidaf Kashto, who aroused the one from the east who would proclaim righteousness in his footstep? Let him place nations before him, and he will strike down kings. He will make each one's sword like dust, and his bow shredded like straw. Indeed, these psukim sound like a description of Avraham, who came from the east and battled kings in our sidra. And beyond that, this, this description is actually the source for the Midrashic teaching about how during that battle, the weapons of the kings targeted at Avraham miraculously turned to dust, and how Avraham's dust turned to arrows. Take a look at the Tanchuma Malach Lecha Tesvab. And yet, despite the apparent obviousness of Hashem's existence, the response to life's stresses by many, is astonishing. The Novi describes how people would merely encourage each other to manufacture better idols if things weren't working out. Perhaps further basis for the Midrash about Avram destroying the idols in his father's idol shop, which you find in the Beresh Rabbah. But now we return to the verse of the hour that makes this haftarah: Torah. Yisrael avdi Yaakov zera Avram And you, Yisrael, my servant Yaakov, seed of Avram, my beloved. The Novi turns to the people, the people of the book, who have the tradition from Yaakov and says, Don't you get it? You are the seed of Avraham. Even if you hadn't been informed, this much you should have figured out that God created the world for a purpose and therefore cares about creation and everything that happens in creation, in his world. Why was Avraham different from everyone that came before him? Unlike everyone that came before him, Adam, Noah, Shem, Aver, Avraham had no such tradition from his family. And of course, you know that Adam was addressed by God directly, Adam had no parents. So don't be mistaken, tradition is certainly foundational and indispensable, but there has to be a part of us that innately understands what Avraham did. We have to find within ourselves a part of that tradition and doctrine alone that those things will not necessarily impart to us. Now, Avraham was not the first righteous religious monotheist, but he was the first Ohev Hashem, the true lover of Hashem. Only Avraham was called O which does not just mean my beloved, but ohavik can mean the one who loves me. Avraham was the first one to find and thereby grow to love God. And perhaps that's why he loved God, because he found him on his own. In order for someone to love Hashem. So yes, part of that can happen through Messorah, but it also has to happen through personal connection. And that's what we get from Avraham. That is why, without introduction, the Torah can merely say... Vayomer Hashem el Avram. And Hashem said to Avram, without any prior introduction or appearance, Hashem did not come out of the blue to Avram. The Torah does not tell us Vayerah, and he appeared in the opening of Lech Lecha. On the contrary, Hashem did not appear to Avram at first, but Avram found him. At which point the casual subsequent conversation with Hashem was only a natural continuation. Indeed, Avraham was the forerunner of the natural aspect of theology, which allows us to discover Hashem from our own essence. And when Hashem ultimately speaks to Avraham, he tells him, He apparently affirms Avraham's own findings. Hashem essentially encourages Avraham to continue abandoning any foreign ideologies he might have learned back at home, in his land and birthplace, that which you did not get from your tradition, he says, and encourages him, lechacha, go to you, to your essential self. In other words, the part of the self that does not merely conform, but the individual part of the self that can find God, where everyone else may deny him. The part which can come to truly loving him, loving Hashem. The part that made Avraham into Avram Ohavi, Avram who loved me. be Zoha, yes, of course, to always... Hold tightly to our mesorah, but also to access the part of ourselves that can naturally discover Hashem, and we should truly grow to love Hashem. And Hashem should continue to show his love to us, revealing himself to us, the Zerah Avramavo. And that should happen with the coming of the Gulab and Mary Have a wonderful Shabbos and thank you for joining us here at the database.